surprising in my surroundings. I'm finding the quietest states these days. This representation of storm brewing amazed that the focus remains the vocal focal point of my change. Hello and welcome to the Rambling Runner Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Chittam, and this is the podcast for all the dedicated amateur runners out there who are working hard to get better while balancing running with the rest of their lives. And this show is brought to you by Prevenex. Every morning I wake up and one of the first things that I like to do is I like to have a championship type breakfast. That is why I have Neurofi Plus every single morning. It is a protein powder with so much more. It is loaded with nutrients, vitamins, minerals, and so much good stuff. And in addition to that, it mixes so well. And if you've ever had a protein powder, you know that if it doesn't mix well, it doesn't matter what's in it because it's just going to stink. And this mixes so well. It tastes great. And I couldn't recommend it any more than I already do. It's also gluten-free and it's vegan. This stuff is the real deal. And I guarantee you, if you give it a try, you're going to like it. So go to Prevenex.com today. Use code RUNNER15. That's RUNNER15 to save 15% on your first order. Also, it's money-back guarantee. So if you don't like it, I know that you will. But if you don't, for whatever reason, you can just send it back and you will be good to go. So... Today's episode. I'm really excited. This is a two-part episode with two different people. We are talking with Taylor Dutch from Runner's World and Latoya Shante Snell. They are part of the Runner's Alliance project uh, started by Runner's World. Uh, Taylor is one of the people who's kind of uh, organizing this project. And in addition to that, Latoya is one of the ambassadors. She's one of the five ambassadors that they just announced, uh, I think, two weeks ago. This is a very special project, and I'm so excited to talk to both of these individuals about it. I've been big fans of both of them for a long time. And to get both of them on a show together, man, I'm just over the moon about that. So I'm going to let Taylor introduce what this project is, and then we're going to talk to Latoya about why she decided to join on with this group. So let's get into it with Taylor and Latoya. Hello, Taylor, and welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Taylor, I've been such a big fan of yours for a while. You do such great work uh, in the running community as a writer, just generally speaking, covering topics and doing so in a thoughtful manner, but also tackling some hard stuff as well. And it's just so instructive to see people doing what you're doing. I know uh, Lindsey Krauss is someone who has really brought attention um, to this field in a way that we haven't seen in the past. And I feel like you're doing similar stuff. So first of all, as a fan, Thank you for coming on and for all the work that you're doing. Wow. Well, thank you so much. There were so many um, amazing compliments um, in that intro. To be even in the same um, sentence with Lindsey Krauss is really, really cool. Um, but yeah, I uh, I really enjoy what I do. I mean, I I get to you know write and edit for Runner's World, and it feels like um, you know truly a dream job. And um, yeah. Just happy to contribute. Now, I want to I want to get you on this call for a bunch of reasons. First of all, I've always wanted to talk to you. Uh, I've had a pleasure now twice in the last week to, to chat on the phone. It's been an absolute pleasure. And I'm excited to have you on today because you just put out a piece, uh, more of an announcement, I guess, um, earlier this week that you've been working on for a long time. And I was really excited to talk to you about it. So for those people who haven't read or, you know, I, I did an introduction, you know, prior to people listening to this part. So they kind of know what's going on. But basically, um, what exactly was the announcement that you and Runner's World put forth uh, earlier this week? Yes. So we announced the Runner's Alliance Ambassador Program. 
um, on runnersworld.com and it will be in the next um, print issue. So keep an eye out for that. But yeah, I w- I'm super, super excited to, um, you know, announce this ambassador program, which includes five incredible um, leaders in the running community, activists. Um, and if you haven't read it yet, I'll, I'll uh, you know, go through it with you. Um, you know, we got to announce these, this group of women that includes um, Jordan Marie Daniel, Claire Green, Latoya Shante Snell, Carolyn Sue, and um, Addie Bracey. And all of these women are incredible activists um, working towards, um, you know, empowering runners in their space, um, working towards inclusion, increasing representation. um, And um, we are so fortunate to have them um, as part of our Runners Alliance in this next phase of the initiative. So, yeah, very, 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 very cool to be a part of. This is really exciting stuff. So thank you for for putting for being such a major part of this and bringing it forward. I'm excited to chat with some of the folks who are who are part of this group, and I've already talked to some of them, uh, both online and offline as well. I guess just starting just chronologically, you know, what was where did this idea germinate, and what were some of the factors that helped it kind of build momentum um, and gain steam uh, as it as it progressed, going from a thought to an idea to something that was being pursued. Yes. So, um, so the runners Alliance was actually originally launched in the fall of 2019. Um, so this is, uh, the ambassador program is essentially the next phase, um, of that initiative, but to go all the way back to when the runners Alliance, um, was first launched. Um, and I, I wasn't part of this initial meeting, but from my understanding, um, there was a meeting within um, the team at Runners World um, where they were discussing tools on the site. So, if you're familiar with um, the Runners World website, there um, uh, is this tab that has um, tools for runners. So, it's got a pace calculator, has um, you know what to wear guide, uh, race time predictor, things like that. And so, um, the team at Runners World was having a meeting about new tools to add. Um, and, um, my understanding was one of the male, um, colleagues suggested like, oh, it'd be so cool to, um, you know, have this ability to connect with other runners in your area and potentially like, you know, meet up and go for runs together and like have that as a tool. And, um, my understanding was some of the female, um, colleagues in that room immediately were like, well, that might not be such a great idea for women who run. Um, it you know wouldn't necessarily be be safe, and that started a longer discussion. Um, basically, going back to um, this incredible story that uh, we published back in 2017. If you haven't read it, it's called um, "Running While Female," and um, one of my favorite writers ever, um, Michelle Hamilton, wrote it, and it basically outlines um, this survey that we conducted with. Um, uh, our female audience, where we, they discussed um, harassment while running and um, raised awareness to the fact that that it is a major issue, um, and that 40, 43% of women say that they've sometimes, often, or always been honked at, catcalled, or received unsolicited sexual attention on their runs. So that was just one stat that was shared in this story. Um, and so in that discussion, um, they realized like we we need to 
revisit this survey because, um, you know, and see if like there's been any improvement since that initial story um, was published. And so they, they did another survey a couple years later and found that the numbers basically hadn't improved. And so that started a longer discussion about, well, how can we change this? How can we, um, you know, work towards solutions in this sense of how can we make um, the world safer for women who run? And so that um, is kind of how the Runners Alliance um, initiative was uh, was born and eventually, um, you know, launched in last fall. So it's kind of a long winded answer, but. <laughs> no, I love it. And it, it, it highlights, it highlights, you know, exactly what not only needs to be worked on, but just how little progress was made in such, in that, in that small time frame. You know, I mean, it's obviously like, you know, two years can feel like a long time. Certainly 2020 has felt like a long time, <laughs> but <Right>. it's still, <laughs> you know, you, you want to make progress and you're like, all right, well, we want, we need this to happen. We need this to happen now. And it's interesting. Um, I guess not interesting. I guess on some level, it, it really wasn't that surprising that it really didn't move the needle if for no other reason. Um, well, I guess there's a million reasons, so I'm not even to get into them, but I guess it's not that shocking. So when that, when, you, when it comes to launching this in 2019 and moving forward, you have this overarching goal of increasing and improving runner's safety. There's a lot that can go into that. Right. And then from an initiative perspective, what are some ways that the group at Runners World and people who are working on this, um, you know, either full time or spending a lot of their time on this identified as as uh, as ways that they can actually make some sort of strong impact? Yeah. So, um, you know, with the initial launch, a lot of it was um, you know, toolkits, um, feature stories of, you know, personal stories of harassment, raising awareness um, and providing resources and highlighting, you know, activists who um, are working towards solutions. And um, I, in June, I was approached um, by my editors at Runners World to um, contribute to the Runners Alliance in the form of helping them put together the ambassador program. And so, with the ambassador program, um, we identified uh, five women who are. Um, working towards um, different efforts in their, in their communities and working towards um, uh, these amazing missions. So like, for example, um, Jordan Marie brings three white horses, Daniel. Um, she is an indigenous runner. She has run for missing and murdered indigenous women to spirit and relatives. Um, in I think the number is it's well over a hundred miles. She has dedicated um, to, different um, names of missing and murdered indigenous people. Um, but she is raising awareness to this, this huge issue in, um, in the world and, um, you know, creating educational programs and, um, you know, speaking on the topic and um, bringing it to the forefront. And um, she's just one example, you know, our other ambassadors, Latoya Shante Snell, um, she is a body politics act activist um, she's a right, really strong writer, um, and bringing attention to um, you know body diversity and running, and um, you know why that's important. And so we identified these these ambassadors um, because we you know admired their um, experience, their perspective, and we wanted to bring them into as advisors, really, in this movement to help 
increase, um, you know, diversity in our coverage and also to, um, you know, push runner safety forward um, in the most effective way possible. And so, um, you know, in this next phase with the ambassadors, I'm like really looking forward to working together to continue to raise awareness in, you know, stories and coverage. And also um, we'll be doing like live virtual events to inform and touch on different layers of runner safety together. Um, And yeah, just continue to, um, you know, share a diverse range of perspectives in regards to runner safety. So, yeah. That's what we're working on right now. And I'd love to talk more about that. So what, what is the importance of having a diverse and inclusive group when you're talking about something like safety? Well, I think, I mean, there's so many, so many layers to this, but um, in regards to runner safety, um, you know, what, what, what I've learned personally and um, am, continuing to to learn is the experience of of each runner is so vastly different um, in regards to what they have to what they have to walk out the door and go for a run the things that they have to consider the things that they have to think about um, the awareness that that they have to have um, based on, on their appearance based on their, you know, where they live, it varies so much, um, runner to runner. Um, I mean, a recent example that, that I can think of is, um, this was in, I think the New York post and several like local papers, but Tiffany Johnson, um, a, a black woman running in, um, in Queens was harassed while running a few weeks ago. Um, this woman threw a bottle at her and called her all sorts of horrific, horrible names. Um, and the woman has since been charged with a hate crime um, and the investigation is ongoing. But that is an example to say that her experience as a black woman running is unique and vastly different um, than other women who step out the door and run and that, and that experience for her, um, unfortunately was, was based on, um, the color of her skin. Yeah, I can imagine. And I guess it ultimately, if you want to improve the safety of all runners, then you need to have as much of widespread coverage of all runners as you can in order to kind of achieve that goal, I would think. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And what is it like for you and runners world generally to be in the position where you're not simply covering the sport and highlighting things within the sport. And obviously like you know, runners world is, a, is, is such a, um, a flagship organization within the running community that not only do they cover uh, athletes and events and things like that, but they can really shape the news by highlighting certain issues. This is an example of really, of instead of covering a topic, trying to make change in a topic and as an, and an organization taking, taking an advocacy role within its sport, um, not only from a professional standpoint, but in this case, you know, an amateur standpoint. So what is that like for you as an employee or, or someone who works at Runner's World to not only be covering the change within the sport, to, to be part of the change in and of itself? Yeah, I will say it's, 
it's a very, um, it's a different role um, that I've taken on. I've, I've been um, working regularly with Runner's World for about three years now, um, mostly covering, um, you know, news, elite running, uh, oftentimes um, in a contributing writer role. And um, this is definitely, uh, you know, different from that. And it feels, um, it feels extremely, I feel extremely fortunate to be in this position um, to raise awareness to such um, a pervasive problem um, for women who run. And um, I'm looking forward to just continuing to amplify voices and um, share a wider range of perspectives. And, um, you know, hopefully just, you know, through, through continued coverage and um, just try to make the world safer for, for women um, who run and, um, you know, women in the BIPOC communities and LGBTQ plus communities and marginalized communities. Um, this definitely feels like um, an incredible opportunity. I'm very excited to, um, to be part of it. I love the big goal. I love the mission. What are some of the smaller goals or stepping stones or, um, I guess, you know, short range uh, initiatives that you and the rest of the group are going to be focusing on uh, in the next, say, 6, 12, 18 months to kind of keep keep pushing, uh, pushing forward to, to achieve that big goal? Yes. So um, so we will be doing uh, we'll be featuring um, each ambassador. So, so one a month, it'll either be, you know, an essay, a Q and a, um, sharing their experience, the work that they're doing in their community. Um, we'll also be hosting, um, virtual events. So, uh, we just hosted one, um, with the Vanessa T. Marcotte Foundation and LaToya Shante Snell, um, touching on runner safety our next one is going to actually be next week. It's coming up. Um, it's going to be touching on uh, runner safety in regards to um, LGBTQ plus and, um, you know, that running community. And that will have Addie Bracey and uh, Matt, Matt Lano. So, um, yeah, stay tuned for that. But, um, yeah, so each month is going to be, um, you know, a series of uh coverage to, you know, share more perspectives. And, and obviously, you know, we will be highlighting our ambassadors, but I want to point out that um, it doesn't stop with just those five perspectives. Our, our goal is to, you know, continue to expand and cover um, a range of diverse voices. So obviously, in, in five ambassadors, um, you know, we're not gonna be able to cover every um, single category of runner. Um, with just five, but we, that's just the tip of the iceberg here. And we want to continue to um, share more perspectives as far as, you know, covering runner safety. So, yeah. So if people are interested in getting more information about this, or if they're hearing this now and they want to get access to something that's already happened, like one of these talks, um, where are the best places for them to go get that kind of information? Yes. So, uh, if you go to runnersworld.com, um, we have uh, a page dedicated to Runners Alliance. So on that um, homepage, you'll be able to see all of our most recent stories, our toolkits, um, you know, any information that or questions that you may have as far as runner safety. Um, and then 
we also partnered with Women's Health for this. So Women's Health um, is also contributing stories and coverage as well. So if you are a Women's Health reader, you can find Runner's Alliance there as well. That's great. All right. So this was the point of the conversation. I'm so excited we got to talk about it. I'm excited to talk about some of the ambassadors that you have as well. Just real quick before we get going, I have to ask about you because you are an accomplished runner. You're a coach now. What, <laughs> first of all, you know, you're, so you're a uh, assistant coach over at Northwestern. What has this semester been like for you so far and your runners? Yeah. So I, yep, I'm a volunteer assistant at Northwestern. Um, joined the team back in January. So I had about two, two and a half months before, um, you know, the pandemic hit and we all had to work remotely. Um, but I mean, it's been amazing. I feel so fortunate to, um, you know, be part of that squad. Um, the coaches are incredible. Jill Miller, Connor, Bouchon. They were formerly at Wisconsin, joined Northwestern um, last fall. Um, but yeah, the, the runners are doing well. Um, it's obviously a different type of uh, training system with all the you know, precautions in place. But um, I've been so impressed by just their resiliency and positivity through these um, challenging, unprecedented times. Now, working with them, has it changed how you view running at all. I know that you, you know, you cover running for a while now and you talk to a lot of people within the running community, obviously working with runners day in and day out, especially in that age range can oftentimes bring a new perspective or a different perspective for people. Yeah, it's been, it's been really interesting. So I did run in college. Um, I ran at Cal, uh, a few years ago now. Um, but yeah, I would say, it's definitely brought me back um, to it's reminded me of um, just how in really intense and high pressure, um, you know, division one college running can be. Um, and I'm doing my best from like the experience that, that I had. And, and fortunately like the many like runners and coaches I get to interview for my job on a daily basis um, to try and offer, um, a wider range of like perspectives and understanding for them. Um, so I, they probably are annoyed, annoyed by me, but I love to share stories, um, written by, you know, writers that I admire and, um, in the running world and just, and athletes that, you know, may have like said this amazing quote or, you know, had a similar experience that my athlete is, is going through. And like, maybe they can, um, you know, I guess you feel better about the fact that they're not alone in a situation. Um, so I try and like offer that wider perspective for them and, and just remind them that it's such a special time in their life. Um, and it's only four years long and, um, and that they should just embrace every opportunity and enjoy every minute. Um, I wish someone had reminded me to do that, just be more present. <laughs> and, and one safety issue that's come up in the past, not the common past, it's, it's always been there, but has certainly gotten um, more coverage and more light shown on it in the, in the past few years. It's just the, the college coach relationship to athletes, not just in running, but certainly has come up in running uh, oftentimes, especially if you're in the circles that we are in terms of what we read and, and devour from, um, you know, from a coverage standpoint. In your position as a coach with runners who are on scholarship and who are 
you know, and, and just a critical point in their life and they're so anxious and it's just, it can be an anxiety filled situation. I know if I've talked to a number of athletes who have gone through it, as have you, what do you do as a coach to try to not only get the best out of the runners that you're working with, but also, also trying to set them up so they feel supported and safe while also trying to strive for the best that they can do? Oh, yeah, that is a great question. So, you know, as a as an assistant coach to, um, you know, our head coach, Jill Miller, who does I, I swear everything that comes out of her mouth when she's working with athletes, I keep thinking like, Oh, they're so lucky to have her. She is so supportive. She sees them not just as athletes, but as people and thinks that way too, that just knowing that she, she clearly wants these women to have a great experience, get the most out of themselves while they're at Northwestern, but also graduate and go on to be leaders in the world outside of running or in running, you know, depending on what they want to do after they graduate. But um, I, I do my best as an assistant to really, you know, su- support that and, um, and just remind them to stay present in their purpose and stay present in, you know, what they, what the work that they're doing day in and day out and, you know, try their best not to get too caught up in, um, all of the demands and pressure that they're under. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's a very like interesting, um, you know, world that they're in and there's, you know, a lot of factors at play, but I think, um, you know, just trying to remember that they are, um, that they are people first. And that while we are trying to, you know, work hard while we're here, get the most out of ourselves that we can. It's so important to, you know, enjoy the process of what you're doing and, um, you know, learn from it and go on, um, you know, into the world and, you know, be amazing contributors, um, in society. So, yeah. Taylor, thank you so much for coming on. This was an absolute pleasure. And thank you for all the work you're doing with Runner's World and the students that you're working with at Northwestern. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. I truly appreciate it. Latoya, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to have you on. With that said, we were just chatting and we're going to talk today about the Runners Alliance and that project. You're kind of interfacing with that project, being a major part of it and your goals and all of that associated with it. Um, Oftentimes when I talk to a dedicated amateur runner like yourself, it's in the context of you know, like, tell me all about you, your experiences, your hurdles, and so on and so forth. You have a wonderful story. We're not going to tell that whole story today. It's been told a million times in a million different places, and I'm so glad it has. So for people who maybe are not as aware uh, of you and your background and want to be more aware, where could they go? Usually I would leave this at the end, but I want to set people up for like, hey, how can we need to talk to Latoya about her her, all of her background? Um, I'm kind of (laughs) setting this off right in the beginning. If someone is interested to learn more about you, your story, your running background, so on and so forth, where are some really good places they can go after listening to this to get all of that information? 
Absolutely. So pretty much a lot of my uh, my foundation and a lot of uh, how people started actually following me is through my blog. I'm a food and fitness um, blogger for a site called Running Fat Chef. It actually belongs to me. Um, and it is pretty uncensored. So it is definitely not children appropriate. Um, for something a little bit more children appropriate and actually like super accessible, I would actually um, suggest for you to go to Instagram. So that's www.instagram.com slash I am L Shantae. So that's I-A-M-L-S-H-A-U-N-T-A-Y. But if you do happen to go to the food and fitness blog, that's www.runningfatchef.com. I have a super long, really super chill kind of like coffee table vibe bio that's on there. It's about five minutes, which gives you the entire backstory up to where I'm at now along with recipes, um, you know, food and fitness adventures, um, and anything that's in between. But um, outside of that, I mean, uh, I'm like, honestly, I'm just a, I'm a sponsored athlete with Hoka One One, which is partially how I actually got attached to the Runners Alliance um, initiative. And I'm pretty much associated with a couple other things. There you are. And you've been on a number of podcasts. So if someone's listening to this, they're probably in the podcast world. You can go search that as well. And there's a lot of good ones out there. If you listen to running podcasts, then you may have already seen Latoya's name pop up in your feed at some point in the past few years. So we just talked to Taylor Dutch as kind of an introduction into what the Runners Alliance is, why it was founded originally, and what the intent was, was creating the ambassador program uh, more recently and launching it now uh, this past month. So with that being said, when did this project come onto your radar? Uh, I was reached out by Taylor actually a couple of months ago. Um, this was sometime around the George Floyd protests. Um, and I feel like we've been going through a series of pandemics. You know, we have, you know, the racial discussions. We have issues with our politics right now. You know, there's a several set of fires that's been happening throughout the United States and actually throughout the world. So there's been so many layers during this year in 2020 that we're kind of dealing with. But around that time, Taylor actually reached out to me through email and she's like, hey, you know, um, I know that you're pretty aware and familiar with Runners Alliance as I participated in it to um to a fraction, like so to a certain type of fraction last year with Runners Alliance. And she reached out to me to actually increase um the awareness um and kind of a touch on areas that they felt like they didn't touch on last year. You know, when we think about Runners Alliance last year, it was mostly centered around, you know woman feeling safe, you know, in the outdoors while running. And um, I know some of the stories that they actually followed were people like Kel Kelly Heron about, you know, being harassed and almost, you know, pretty much like sexually attacked. You know, um, thankfully, Kelly was able to defend herself, but some some of the others who were actually featured were not as fortunate. And I remember sitting down on that panel and thinking to myself that this is a great conversation, but I wish that it actually expanded more. So it was really a delight to actually be reached out to by Taylor, who was like, hey, so we want to expand the conversations into intersectionality. And sometimes when we say the word intersectionality, people are just like, okay, what exactly is it? Now, this is a term that was derived about 30 years ago. Um, and this, you know, this activist was just like, hey, you know what? You can be within a community that's within another community. And that's essentially what intersectionality is. And that's the reason why I actually, you know, um, felt like it was a great opportunity to jump on it. Now, I'll be very honest. 
I'm very skeptical um, as a Black woman, as a woman who is part of several marginalized communities where sometimes we feel like we go through this uh, feeling of tokenism, where we're invited to participate in some of these things, to speak out about some of these things that's committed against us. And, um, and then the thing is, when we share those stories, it leaves us in a very vulnerable and raw state. And sometimes where I feel like platforms may make a major misstep is that they take those stories and they forget to follow up with the community that you're actually asking for those raw experiences from. What I'm hoping that, you know, with this, you know, initiative is that one, that people do not feel abandoned. And two, while we may not have the answers to everything, that there is a great foundation and a start that is not just one type of voice, but there's a collective of voices. And, you know, eventually we're going to grow just a little bit more than just capturing, you know, snippets in certain areas. Because of course, naturally, I cannot speak for everyone who is Black or LGBTQ or plus size or any of these marginalized communities. But it is a great start to give someone an understanding of what this may sound like, may look like, and to actually open up that, you know, that ability to give other people the strength and the brave space that they deserve. Yeah. One of the things I talked to Taylor about was, um, you know, Runner's World and Women's Health coming together and creating this and how that's kind of a different model. Uh, whereas instead of covering news and covering people and covering topics, they're all of a sudden they're in a position to make change, which is certainly a different position for, say, a media company to take. Um, and while an enviable thought and certainly the mission is is fantastic, what is it like for you to be um, not just a kind of working on these things on your own or with peers, but also to be partnering with an, with organizations who have a lot of reach, but also who have in the past maybe not been as inclusive to, you know, individuals or groups that, you know, you're, you know, that you're a part of that you would have liked to see before. Like, what, what what's that intersection like for you in terms of making change with groups that you feel like in the past haven't maybe done their part on these exact same topics and issues? Yeah, you know, I'm actually glad that you actually mentioned that. You know, one of the biggest things I remember um, getting a very good vibe, like I, I'm going to be very transparent here um, and very frank. Um, I was very, very nervous about signing on to Runners Alliance, um, simply not because of, you know, not because the initiative is not great. It is exactly for, you know, the reasons why I put out there before that I feel like when it comes down to not just places like Runner's World or, you know, uh, I want to say like the running community as a whole at times where sometimes there's so many opportunities for these, story, these stories to be talked about and people just feel like, oh, well, you know what, that's not happening here. So we don't need to actually talk about that. Uh, and then is uh, we, we feel like we're constantly overlooked you know, um, and, you know, in our separate communities, because the thing is, yes, you know, it, people like to say the common phrase of it's as easy as lacing up. How can you say that to someone who don't have money for shoes? How can you actually, you know, share that same experience with someone that says, hey, I have shoes, but my community isn't safe. How do you say that to someone who is like, I don't feel safe running in my neighborhood because, you know, it is, you know, visually maybe the way I dressed or something that actually shows or something that's visual that they can actually see that maybe I have a disability. Like in my case, I actually have an invisible disability. 
most people don't notice it unless I'm actually talking about it or something actually produces, you know, where it's so extreme, where it's like, whoa, what's going on there? And now I'm feeling a little weird about being in or entering a certain space because now it's coming with unsolicited questions and suggestions. And I'm just like, okay, you're telling me things that I've already done. When I see that, you know, there's major platforms like Runner's World, and then I see that the story is not covered, I ask myself why. Because if we're, you know, covering news, you know, and I'm speaking as a, as also as a freelance, you know, journalist as well. If we're covering news, then we should cover all news. And it should be from different sections, not just from one layer. You know, that's great that we are talking about ultra runners. That's great that we're talking about how to lace up your shoes, the great, the, the, the next best product out there. But if we're going to cover runner safety, we need to cover all of it. We need to cover, you know, what it's like to run as, a, you know, a, you know, as a, a black person or a brown person or an indigenous person in X, Y, and Z area. We need to be able to speak about even the experiences that I cannot relate to. You know, what is it like to run as, you know, a, a Muslim runner in a hijab and having to hear, you know, weird comments? You know, so I am excited that runners, you know, runners world, Hoka One One and Women's Health are aligning together to, you know, to bring some type of awareness through these large platforms. They have the, the audience, they have the communities that personally I cannot tap into at times. Sometimes people are not willing to listen to someone like me. They're looking at me as, oh, well, you're a rookie. You know, you're just an everyday person. You're an everyday runner. I want to hear more from the elites. I want to hear from the athletes, you know, the, the athletes that they, you know, they visualize in their heads as an actual runner versus someone like me who I am a runner, but maybe not a mainstream runner. Maybe I'm not the runner that you're looking for, but there's a tribe for everyone. And with, uh, with the Runners Alliance initiative, it gives the opportunity for every tribe to be, you know, to be seen, to be heard, to, to have someone to say, Hey, that was great that you brought up this topic, but when are you going to talk about this? That's what we're also here for too, because let's be honest. We're not going to be able to cover everything. We're not going to always have it right. But that's where the community, when they hear these stories that's coming from us, you know, other people like myself, as well as other ambassadors who are on the team, that's where we can say, hey, you know, can we suggest that someone speak about this? And maybe the, you know, maybe I and the other ambassadors are not able to take it on. But maybe this would give an opportunity for platforms like Runners World and Women's Health to be able to cover these things and say, hey, how can we actually go into these communities respectfully and, you know, ask them about their experiences or to actually take on someone or even possibly hire someone from these communities to speak on these experiences? Because none of us want to feel excluded as well as not feeling exploited. So, I'll, you know, when, when it comes down to signing on for these things, it does make me feel really terrible that in the past that I do feel like, and even right now, even as, you know, as we're progressing, I do feel like sometimes we're not given the coverage that we deserve, but everything has a start. You know, sometimes in this lifetime, we feel like things have to be instant. Like you have to realize that these things happen over years. It doesn't happen overnight. 
So the same way that we have to, that all these things that we're trying to fix did not happen overnight. Respect that that change is not going to happen overnight. This is not a McDonald's menu. This is not a Happy Meal. You know, so our activism cannot look the same because if you're trying to look for fast results, then there's a possibility that we're going to have fast hiccups as well. So, you know, I ask of people to just, you know, find a way to open up to this initiative. And even if you see or hear something that's like, oh, that don't sound right. That's not something that's in my everyday world. Respect the story and the narrative that comes with it and treat it as if it's your family member, it's your loved one, it's your friend. And you know that those people want to be heard and respected, even if you cannot relate to them, because it gives you an opportunity to open up your palate just a little bit more that maybe, just maybe something that's out there, you know, you're hearing an experience that you didn't know that actually happened. So just in case that you actually are put in a position to be an ally, because any of us can be an ally, even myself being in a marginalized community can be an ally. When you are given that opportunity to be an ally, you may actually know how to respond and engage. And I love how you throw the palette in there, you know, with your chef background. You're making yes. you're, you're <laughs> that metaphor. I love it. <laughs> I love when you put that in there like, yes, chef's kiss. Ah. Perfect. Yes. <laughs> um, so it seems like there was a certain amount of trust that that you you needed to have uh, with Taylor and with uh, the folks who were behind this in order to sign on. So what was the the bridge that that you had to cross in order to make sure that the trust was there for you to sign on to this project and make sure that you know you weren't going to necessarily have to work you know worry completely about the tokenism, the lack of follow-up, and maybe just the lack of, all right, this was a great idea, but the follow-through didn't quite happen. Right. Yeah, because uh, I would be like anyone that's actually got to know me through my platform or just getting to know me now, uh, I encourage you definitely take the time to actually read my, my bio on runningfatchef.com. And you'll see just from the words alone that I am a pretty... Um, I have I have a little bit of a mouth for mine. Um, I like to say that I'm, uh, my my candor can be very strong um, to some people. They're like, "Oh, I appreciate your candor." You know that how frank you are, and I'm like, you know, sometimes people don't understand how serious that can be. Where I'm like, I don't want to leave any rooms for assumptions. I need you to understand where I'm coming from. Now, I had an established uh, trust in Hoka One One um, because we've actually developed that for a year before I, you know, became a sponsored athlete with them. Uh, I'm one of those people who are not impressed um, simply because of a name. I need to feel like we are earning each other. You know, sometimes we look at these things and we look at it as a one sided thing. And the thing is, is that people are not terrible people, but sometimes we can be people who are not meant to align or actually match up because our views are different. And I earned that trust with, you know, I earned that trust and Hoka One One earned that trust from me where they understand and respect my voice. You know, so with Taylor, through our conversation, through her being able to answer the hard questions, for her to be open enough to say, you know what, I really don't know, but I can take the time to actually find out the answers for you. I appreciate that level of honesty that she was able to offer me, to be able to be transparent, to offer me a part of her experience, to make me feel vulnerable, even in our private interactions where I've told her conversations that I haven't shared with the general public, you know, um, sharing details of my own personal history of sexual assault. Um, those are things that even I'm coming across that level of a hurdle and a crossroad where I'm trying to come to a level of peace. And through this initiative, 
I am slowly getting there. Because the thing is, like, you know, like I, I do have things like therapy. I highly encourage people to look into a therapist, especially now with everything going on with this pandemic. Um, but Taylor earned me. And I feel like, you know, her getting to know me, I earned her too. You know, uh, and that's a necessity. You're not signing on, well, at least I can't tell anyone how else to, um, how to sign on or to join the certain things. But you need to have a sense of home, a sense of purpose, uh, a sense of understanding what you are walking into and respect that this journey will not be easy. It is not a journey to take on if you're looking to fluff your ego. There will be hard, grueling days. There will be days when you will not have the answers to it. And I love that she did not promise me a guarantee that we will always have it right, but we will do our best and we will work our damn hardest to make sure that we do, that we do listen to people's voices, that we do share our personal, as you know, as ambassadors, to share our own personal experiences of how it affects us and to get those stories out there and to give almost like a, like a gateway for others to feel okay. Like they not look at the word vulnerable as something that's dangerous or terrible or terrifying. It's something that is open and something that should be welcomed, almost like a blanket. When you wrap it around you, it's like, okay, great. I feel that warmth because I opened up and I chose to drape it around me. And that's what I want to do at least for me on a personal level. That's what I want to do with Runners Alliance is to not scare people, <laughs> you know, with these stories, but we are going to be frank. And, and through our conversation, even though our tones are a little bit different, she was able to be very frank with me and say, Hey, listen, this is fairly new for us. And we realized that on our end, we cannot tell these narratives alone and we would love to have your help. And that is something that I can appreciate. Now, when people think about runner safety and specifically uh, safety for women's runners, oftentimes the mind can default to physical safety and sexual safety. You know, you, had, you kind of identified that early on in terms of the initial work that the Runners Alliance did. Now, this is an extension on that and a further exploration in these topics. So what other uh, topics within safety are you uh, excited to speak to, um, not, you know, in, not speak to, to um, the audience about and the potential audience about uh, either in the short term or long term? Yeah, uh, you know, you're completely spot on. Sometimes like the, I feel like the, it's too locked in to one type of victim and to be very frank. Um, sometimes I think that when people think about the, the victim, they usually vision a white woman running. Um, and when we think of, when we have these conversations, sometimes when, uh, when you think about the, the person that's being uh, attacked, whether it is sexual assault, um, sometimes sexual assault is even limited as well, where people think that it has to be the physical act. Maybe it's a cat call. Maybe it's, you know, someone touching you, like, you know, giving you a tap making you feel uncomfortable, looking at you a certain way. Sometimes those nonverbal things are just as menacing as, well, I won't say just as, but problematic, definitely problematic is probably a better word um, for it. But when we actually go into intersectionality, which is one of the um, areas that I heavily want to talk to, um, I'm very excited about being able to talk about, is that when we look at two different types of victims, the two different responses um, or two different um, sets of questions will come out. If a white woman is running in a certain area, it could be the same areas I'm running in. We'll give a, a random time. Let's say it's 8 a.m. And I'm going for a trail run. It's five miles, same route. 
if I was to be sexually assaulted, my questions may not be, you know, was she wearing a ponytail? Does she have headphones in? The questions may go as to what was she doing there? What was her sexual history? Was she known to be promiscuous? And it's typically associated with things like race, you know, um, race aside from gender, um, elitist mindset that maybe I do not belong in this space. You know, when I think about my own personal experience of running, people kind of laughed at it and said, okay, well, you know, go ahead and do that. And that was partially because I am a plus size woman. Um, I'm around I'm definitely over 250 pounds and I'm five foot three. I'm small in frame, but I'm kind of like boxy. So people don't even interpret runner. They look at me and they're like, bouncer, you know, <laughs> you know, I definitely got the bomb, the bouncer, um, kind of feel. To be fair, I have seen you do the boxing workouts. Yes. Yeah. To yeah. Be like, fair. Uh, I mean, you- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just, just like the understand that stereotype kind of like it kind of sort of kind of fit in. But, but like, yeah. your, your, your point is well taken. No, absolutely. I, yes, I meant to yeah. just throw in a little levity there. <laughs> no, no. So, so definitely if you, if you actually say that, I'll say thank you. You know, so I, I appreciate that, you know, but the, the thing is, when when we when we think about certain types of people and uh, you know uh, i hope that eventually you know with runners alliance we actually talk on uh we speak on assault not just be limiting to women because i know that's something that i've seen um i've been kind of almost babysitting the comment section um and the feedback so far with runners alliance um you know on the runners world post and some some people have put up there but what about men what about this population what about that and i do want to put that there on the record sexual assault is not limited to women but it does have mostly people who speak up happen to identify as women or um non what people who identify as non-conforming that's another area that i am very happy is being brought up some people are non-gender conforming we have to identify that there are communities that are targeted on the run um you know the, particularly the lgbtq community people who do not quote unquote do not look like a stereotypical runner someone like my, of my size um you may not get cat called you may get called Stupid, fat, what are you doing? Won't go to lose some weight. The the names get really vicious. And I am not <laughs> I am not a stranger to those um those things. But when I go into different areas, um, like even I'm, I'm a New York City resident, but if I go further upstate, I sometimes it's not about what people say, it's about the way that they look at me that now makes me feel like I'm not welcome. And you know, and, and, and it almost makes me gaslight myself of am I wrong? for feeling this way. But then I see things like Confederate flags. And when I associate that with historical layers, it's just like, ooh, I'm not welcome here. So these are the things that we want to explore with Runners Alliance. You know, these are the things that sometimes, you know, it's like a great area of, but it doesn't make me racist, but the the flag is a representation of it. Uh, saying certain things or the stereotypes that I get on the run, um, the the weird, awkward questions of, you know, oh, well, how do you run with your hair like that? Can I touch you without touching you? The stereotypes that I listen to certain music, you know, while I'm on a run. And it makes me understand that maybe someone may not look at it as menacing, but it is very problematic in my everyday life to assume those things without asking or the way that is asked to demand the audacity to demand someone of that answer. When we can, we, there's too many layers of people kind of guessing the way of going about it. And sometimes we do need that almost like that manual to be out there, you know, to get, get an understanding. And granted, 
no two people are going to be alike. No two people are going to have the same way to approach a situation, but at least we have something to work with. You know, I've watched too many people during this pandemic, particularly when Ahmaud Arbery happened, when that incident happened, which was something that happened on, I believe if I'm correct, it was um, February 23rd. And it took two months for it to get national, like world um, actually coverage um, through platforms like the New York Times, um, Runner's World, even as the, you know, sorry, not sorry to call them out as well, um, even took some time to actually give it coverage and, and then they encountered a backlash. And I think that's the reason why when we look at this, this is a good start. It doesn't make up for things that were looked over in the past, but it is a good way to actually say, hey, listen, this is what, these are the things that are not being covered and this is how we can start right now. So I'm so excited that I get to cover things like the LGBTQ, right along with um, ambassadors like Addie Bracey, who's a huge advocate, who was doing a um, program called OutRun. Um, if anyone's not interested in it, please look it up, check it out. She's on Instagram. Um, she's a hell of a um, you know professional runner um, and she's a hell of an advocate. Please look her up. Um, you know, there's... Uh, there's level, layers of uh, speaking about other marginalized communities that I don't represent. There's, you know, the, there's the layers of talking about uh, race relations, you know, um, uh, financial accessibility. There's so many things that I feel like there's, there's so many endless possibilities with Runners Alliance, the Runners Alliance initiative. There's no question about that. And I couldn't agree more. And before we get going, because in half an hour, you're going to be doing a Runners Alliance panel. I mean, we're, yeah, yes, we're gonna, yes. Shoot, this isn't even like, hey, we're going to be doing XYZ. You're doing it again in, <laughs> let's see, 35 minutes. So yes. um, let's just talk about that. What What's on tap today? And if uh, obviously this podcast is going to come out after that happens, but um, if someone's listening to this and they all of a sudden they're like, hey, I would, I would love to hear that. Where can they go to maybe hear past panel discussions and things of that nature? Yes. Um, so what I've actually, that's something I actually need to check in on too, because um, I know that I've, I, I like the Google alert myself and I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh, great. That actually popped up. Now I've actually found it through Yahoo Voices. Um, I saw that um, there was a link where a previous um, panel that I sat on and I spoke about like, what is Runners Alliance? This was like a, the first panel that we kicked off for Runners Alliance initiative. Um, and it popped up through Yahoo. Um, I believe that um, Runners World or Women's Health, I believe more more or less Women's Health, actually had a link to kind of go back to this. I will make sure. So at least in the future, you know, like if anybody's like, hey, how can I actually see this? And I'm not available for that time slot, then they can actually revisit it. I'm hoping that these links are available to Runners Alliance um, on their um, on the Runners World website, kind of a hint, hint if it's not there. Uh, <laughs> but for today, um, the coverage is um, the section is going to be covered on LGBTQ plus um, community issues um, and some of the concerns that we have there. Now, I have seen the comment section. You know, I've, I've prepared myself for the comment section where some people felt like it's not. Um, there, there's no way that people are targeting others. Um, you know, for being part of this community. It's not like you're wearing a sign that says I'm gay. And, and I want to say not really. Um, you know, for someone like me, like I identify as bi or queer. Um, I identify as both. Maybe in my world, um, you may not, as maybe it's not as visual. Well, 
if you if you don't know me, you may not know that I identify as you know bisexual or queer because most people see that I'm married to a man and they instantly say, oh, that's that's just not her reality. But the reality of it is that I have en- encountered runners who actually knew you know my background and have called me some derogatory names, you know, in regards to my sexual identity, you know, in regards to telling me that I'm going to burn in hell. You know, these are realities for a lot of people, especially when we are speaking about trans people. There are countless people being murdered by the day in this country, especially black and brown um, trans people who are murdered just because they are, they look and they are the way that they are. You know, when, when we're, when we have to live in a society, this is beyond running. When we have to live in a society where you're scared to walk down the block and do basic things and liberties, that's a problem. And it's something that should be addressed. You know, so for those who are not open to having that conversation, then maybe this conversation is not for you right now. But I would highly encourage you to actually listen to it, to listen to something that may not be a reality. If anything, I think it's imperative that you listen to something that is not your reality, because there will be a chance that you will step outside of your community that may not feature people who are, you know, who are part of the LGBTQ community or people who are not brave enough at this moment to be out in public in front of you and hold hands with their partner because you have not made a welcoming space to them. Imagine, like, I mean, I would encourage anyone to close their eyes and imagine that that person who happens to be part of that community is your daughter, your son, you know, your mom, your dad. You know, sometimes we we don't think about these things being so close to home. And these are the things that we want to cover today to, to one, allow, um, to allow others to see what it is to be part of this world. But more importantly, to remind the community that is there who happens to be LGBTQ plus in this community to know that your stories deserve to be told too, that you are just as bright and as vibrant and as, 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 and, and deserving to be featured on mainstream media and to be celebrated within your own communities and outside the communities that we need to encourage people to not walk into fear, but to walk, walk in with openness. You know, when I hear things like homophobia and I, I always question, is it a matter of fear that people act out this way or is it a matter of willful ignorance? So these platforms extend that opportunity to take away that layer of ignorance that may exist. And if you elect to go past that point and listen to these stories and choose to ignore these things, that is a a level of willful ignorance. Now, granted, 30 to 45 minutes is not going to cover everything. It's not going to cover every layer, but it is a foundation and a start to say, hey, listen, this is where you can start. And this is maybe beyond Google, because I think that a lot of people... uh, form of activism is to tell people, I'm tired, I'm exhausted, go to Google and search it. Google sometimes is going to send you in the wrong direction. At least when we have these conversations, it gives you a way to start and it makes you, the everyday person, turn into an activist in your own household. Nobody can advocate as heavy as you. I have one voice. I have a voice that's far and wide and maybe not as close in your household, but if a loved one hear that same conversation from you, imagine how powerful that is. And that's the point of these summits. Yeah, you you said that so well. And it isn't about like following some sort of plan, like, all right, now you're listening to us. Now you should go out and do steps one, two, three, and four. (laughs) It feels like, all right, no, this is, here are ways to be mindful, to be empathetic, 
to be understanding and to open up your mind so you can think about these issues in a way that allow you or the person listening or watching or whoever to, you know, be able to, you know, think for yourself in a way that allows you to be more connected to people who are unlike yourself in various ways. And I feel like that's the sort of thing that can be so useful to so many people beyond just giving someone a recipe of sorts uh, that they should follow in certain settings. Absolutely. Um, I'm a person that found myself, I woke up one morning and I realized I was placed on 10,000 list. I was just kind of like scared. I'm like, whoa, I'm like, okay, great. I'm on Cosmopolitan Magazine, you know, as a black athlete to follow. And I'm like, okay, great. And then people just kind of came to me like, okay, now teach me all of your ways. And I'm like, um, teach you how to be black. <laughs> you know, and it's like, you know, so I'm, a, I'm also at a loss, even as an activist, I'm just like, what exactly do you want to learn? And I had one follower and I'll definitely not, I'm not into the co-op culture, at least not anymore. I used to be, and I'm recovered. Um, you know, um, I had one follower that wrote me and she's like, I feel like I need to unfollow you because you're not here to teach me anything. And I was like, one, I didn't elect to be on these lists. Two, I think it's unfair for you not to acknowledge the human that I am because that is my Black experience. That is also my LGBTQ experience. That is also my athlete with disabilities this, um, experience. And if you have not, if you feel that my joy or my pain or, or my sorrow expressed on this platform is not a Black or a marginalized experience, then I would say that you are sadly mistaken. That means that you have not acknowledged the human experience. With all of these things, regardless of what marginalized community that you may or may not be part of, it is all a human experience. So until we get to respect the different layers, almost like an onion that makes us that onion, then it's going to be very hard to respect the human experience. LaToya, thank you so much for coming on the show and explaining all of this and really taking a deep dive into the work that you and the Runners Alliance is doing. Good luck this afternoon. What did in 27 minutes, we're coming up against it yes. with your <laughs> your upcoming panel discussion and all the other uh, things that you'll be doing in the future. It really is a pleasure to talk to you. And thank you so much for what you're doing for the running community. Thank you. Taylor and LaToya, thank you so much for coming on to this episode of the Rambling Runner podcast. As you heard, there's so much good stuff here, and I hope you do check out Runners Alliance. Everything that they're doing, uh, all the panels, the webinars, the articles, just everything that they're putting out, as well as the five ambassadors that are part of this group, all great people and all doing great stuff, not only collectively, but individually as well. So go check them out. Thank you so much for listening and also to our sponsors. Of course, Prevenex. We got the Richmond Marathon and Gooder. I love all these guys and I'm so appreciative that they're supporting the podcast. And if you want to support the goal, if you want to support the podcast, I should say, go check them out. Remember, you still have time to register for the Richmond Marathon. There's the marathon, the half marathon and the 8K, which is roughly five miles. Go check them out today. Thank you so much for listening and happy running. This has been a production of Rambling Runner Podcast. This podcast is produced by David Margetti of InPost Media. Thank you to Meta P for the music. His song, Righteous Path, featuring Rex Mayhem and Chip Fu, is produced by Symphonic Bang. Yeah. 
Enterprising in my surroundings, I'm finding the quietest of states these days. This representation of storm brewing amazed that the focus remains the vocal focal point of my change. I'm trying to show this industry I got.